This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Oh my God, chills. What happened? Oh my God. Oh, I just can't. What? Welcome friends, both new and old. And if you're new here and I see a few of you are, welcome. We're identical twins. We love true crime stories with a shock factor or an unexpected turn of events or a whodunit, which is what mine is today. It's a big whodunit. We hate people. We hate old timey Uh murders. Mm -hmm. We will never tell a murder from the 1800s. I'm sorry. It just doesn't interest us. And we feel that that's just kind of what they did back then. It was the norm. I mean, it's sad. Sure. No one wants, but like, it just... It, it was just the norm. What else can we say? You know, that's Rebecca. I'm Rachel. Well, also, just because we do have a lot of new people, we know the OGs already know this. We also very, very, very rarely cover a big case. When you're like, oh, I've heard 1,500 pods on this already. Mm-hmm. Except for the upcoming. The upcoming, we are going to cover Natalie Holloway, but we knew her. It's going to be, again, more personal perspective. Rebecca's also covered the Ken and Barbie murders, and that's a very well-known case for you. She almost vetoed it, but I took Uh, a poll. I was like, you can't do that. I know. And after I did, I was like, God, there was way too much on that. It was a nightmare of a research to try to, you know, tell something that I was trying to get more into it. So maybe y'all would hear something you didn't already know. And no, yeah, I learned my lesson. I don't, I mean, but no, I, took a poll. I took a poll on Instagram and everyone said to do it. So I did it. It was good. No, it was fine. But you know, so that's, that's our spiel. Welcome. And the last episode, I was like, how'd y'all hear about us? Cause we saw a little spike. Seems like TikTok's the winner. Thanks guys. I know. Thank you. Well, we had a few podcast wrecks. Someone just actually DM'd and said Bobby Bones podcast. Oh, about. okay. Uh, tell no one to y'all tell no one has sent a lot of people thanks girls y'all y'all are the best and if you haven't listened to tell no one you go listen to that and tell them that we sent you yeah it's it's all about collaboration up in here before we get into it i found this interesting little tidbit i rachel covered stacy pinnell two episodes ago Mm -hmm. where the person was caught because of Stephen Rhodes and his um, neuro-linguistics programming. That's when your eyes do different things, when you're lying versus when you're just like recalling a memory. He did an article where <laughs> this is so uh, like random, but I was just found it so interesting. Okay, we all remember Tiger King. Do sure. we not? Sure. And how Carol Baskin is very suspected <sighs> of having something to do with her husband's disappearance. He like went to Costa Rica and never came back. And she's like, I don't know where you went, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He watched a documentary or an interview where someone's asking her about it. And she's like talking about how like, he, well, he got in his truck and said, quote, this is Carol Baskin's quote. 
because he was going early, 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 he said, to the next day to Costa Rica, and that was the last thing he said to me, that was the last I saw of him. She says that in some interview. He points out that the fact that she said early, early, early really struck a chord. Oh my God, tell me everything. He thinks she is lying because apparently when someone repeats a word three times in a row, especially when that word is a discounter or an amplifier <gasps> and ending in L-Y, <gasps> that's his rule of three. He was like, that is a lie. People lie in rules and, and um, people tend to lie in threes, he said. I was like, ooh, that's interesting. What oh else? Oh, my God. Holy, There's holy, a- holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that interesting? I was like, wait. There's this whole article on it. He's like, ooh, I don't like that she did that. <gasps> oh, my God. What's another one? Okay. In, in case you needed some other reason to think that Carol Baskin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, we didn't need what's his name, to do an analysis on it. I mean, that is so interesting, but we all already know. Yeah, something sketchy. It makes me want to like, okay, let's go back to the OJ trial. I want to rewatch it and now really look at him. Really, really, really. Yeah. I bet he has a lot of opinions on a bunch of interviews. Really, really, really is a good, yeah. Anyway, thought y'all would find that interesting. I certainly did. I did. Patreon shout outs. Oh, if you're also if you're new here, if we do we do Patreon shout outs at the beginning. Maybe we should move it to the end, especially if we have as many as we have today. Y'all. Listen to this. You're, it's gonna blow your damn mind. Bailey, Sarah, Evelyn, Liz, Stacy, Jen, Tia, Shannon, Ashley, Sarah, Sophia, Peyton, Trevi, Belinda, two Kirstens or Kirstens. We have two of them. Kendra, Shut Lena, up. Daniela, and Megan. Shut up. Shut up up I, I may i just say it's people like you that keep this going i got up at 4 30 this morning and i was dragging until i saw how many patrons we had to shout out perked me oh right up god y'all thanks i know and oh. custom shout out from peyton noble she says uh shout out to my mom trevi oh okay so trevi's your mom she's also a patron okay Shout out to my mom, Trevi, for suggesting the podcast to me. I have other friends listening. You know who you are, but love you, mom. You are the best. So nice. That's so nice. Also, custom shout out to our niece and nephew, Will and Alice, who joined Patreon and are... (laughs) God. Sorry, I sneeze. Keep it. Keep it. Bless me. Bless you. You're the best that I sneezed. Stop sneezing. It's annoying. She means bless me. Bless you and all. So custom shout out to our niece and nephew, Will and Alice, who are way too young to listen to the pod, but they join Patreon. Anyway, you're the best. We love you so much. Love you so much. I descend which cases they were allowed, which episodes they were allowed to listen to. I don't know know what to say. Uh, uh, Tarver said any of them that don't include R. The R word. Really, sexual assault of any kind is off limits. Mm -hmm. So I sent a whole list. (laughs) Slitting throats and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. on the cussing. There's no way around that one. Sorry, sis. Sorry, dog. They've heard it before. Let's get to my story. You want to? Sure. Today, I am telling Rachel about Linda Slayton. Sources. Yeah, you don't know it. I know you don't. I saw the Zoom come through with the name on it, and I was like, wait, what? I thought you were doing something else. I've never even heard you mention this. Okay. Well, my sources are, I heard about this story first from 
on the on this case on the case with Paula Zahn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. CBSnews.com, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Times, and DNA ID. Big shout out to them for their attention to detail on the crime scene. I didn't use all oh. of it, but they really get down. They get down to like the dimensions of the windows and stuff. Oh, wow. Jeez. Okay. Um, yeah. This week we are in Lakeland, Florida. Florida, you've done it again. Uh, when you said Tampa Bay Times, I was like, uh-oh, this is going to be a doozy, isn't it? September 4th, 1981, Judy Slayton was looking forward to spending time with her sister, Linda. Linda had just moved into this apartment complex like a week and a half before this, and Judy lived in the same one. So every morning she would come over, they would have coffee, they would gab. But the, I know, it'd be so fun. Fun. Oh my God, how fun. It's the dream. But for some reason, this time, Linda wasn't answering. She didn't think much of it and walked away, but noticed that Linda's window, her bedroom window, was open. And all these apartments are ground level, P.S., just to give you an image. Mm -hmm. She peeks her head and sees Linda topless, dress pulled up, legs spread, blood everywhere, with a coat hanger around her neck. Uh Uh-uh. Brutal scene. That is brutal. brutal. Yeah. She runs away screaming, and a man and other neighbors hear her and call 911. Then Judy has a terrible thought. Her nephews are in the apartment. Linda has two sons, a 15-year-old Jeff and a 12-year-old Tim. She waits for the cops to get there, and they walk through the front door to find Jeff asleep on the pull-out couch in the living room. It was a two-bedroom apartment, so this is where he slept, and he didn't hear a thing. They escort him out and find Tim also asleep in his room. He came out of the house unharmed, but he's in a state of shock. He had accidentally seen his mom's body when he walked by her bedroom. No. years old. Oh, God. And today, he's, he's, they're interviewed on, the, on this case with Paula Zahn. And even today, he remembers everything about it. He says it was a yellow coat hanging around her neck. He remembers how much blood there was. He remembers she was completely exposed and, her, and the blank stare on her bruised and lifeless face. And neither of them heard anything? Neither of them heard any, anything. Oh, God. They take the boys outside, and while Tim clearly already knows, Judy tells them that their mom is dead. So back up, let's a little about Linda. Linda was a single mom who originally met her ex-husband, Frank Slayton, at a young age and got pregnant with Jeff when she was just 15 years old. Oh, my God. I know. And she had Tim three years later. Holy shit. I know. They got married, but he was abusive and got more violent the more he drank. And Jeff remembers when he was six or seven, Frank grabbing Linda by the throat, holding a gun to her head, and he had to intervene. Six or seven years old, intervening, intervening, putting himself in harm's way to save his mom. And, like, that's not, you can't, you're not going to be able to stop an adult man. You're six or seven? What an angel. Sweet little boy. Sweet buddy's like, I got to jump in and be the man here. Right. Like grouting his like Star Wars sword, being like, let her go. No, I know where you got that reference and we can't. I know. <laughs> There's a horrible case where a little boy does that. He grabs his like Star Wars, whatever that's called. That glow oh, stick. Oh, God. I can't. I know. I've thought about doing that case and like that part. I'm like, I would probably leave that out. But here I am telling you people about it. I'm sorry. No, I think people are morbidly curious. I used to hate um, when listening to true crime podcasts when they'd be like, 
And then a man comes in, does something to the woman. I don't want to say. And after he leaves, blah, blah, and just like skips the whole thing. I'm like, well, okay, what are we all here for? We want to hear about the crime. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think people are morbidly curious. Needless to say, that marriage didn't work out. And she actually remarried, which we'll get into in a second. But after that didn't work out, that's when she moved her and her boys to Lakeland, Florida, to be near her mom and sister. Mm-hmm. Tim and Jeff said she was a lot of fun. She was like the cool mom, taking them to Van Halen and Kiss concerts and stuff like that. Like she just always wanted to have fun. Yeah. Oh, this is the 80s? Yeah, 81. Dope. She looked more like their sister, though. She's 4'8 and 90 pounds and has such a young face. And I mean, she was. Well, she's only 15 years older than them and 15 and 18 years older than them. Uh huh. But she really seemed like a badass. She once got in a fight with another mom twice her size because the kid, her kid stole something from Jeff and Tim and wouldn't give it back. She just seemed feisty and like you didn't want to mess with her. Like a physical fight? Yeah. yeah. No, you can't do that, unfortunately. I know um, you want to. I know you want to. No. No, I think she, well, I'm sure that comes with being a single mom raising two boys. Boy, make it ends me. And she's like, give the fucking toy back or I'm going to beat your mom's ass. <laughs> That's it. Me and your mom outside now. This is your fault. (laughs) Right. Just know that I'm going to beat her ass and it's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) She sewed all their clothes. She could apparently make dinner with whatever they had in the pantry. The boys never went hungry, even though financially they were really struggling. It just makes me her. Exactly. It makes me feel weak. I'm weak. You're weak. We're all weak. I'm I'm doing all right. No, you can never do this. Uh-uh. That's true. You would let the kid have the toy. <laughs> no, I would have beat that kid's ass. Just kidding. <laughs> beat Just the kidding. kid's ass, not the mom. <laughs> it's the mom's fault. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code POD to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code POD at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code POD. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Whether you're driving, cooking, or doing laundry, Progressive knows the podcasts you listen to go best when they're bundled with another activity. Much like how their Progressive home and auto policies go best when they're bundled. Having these two policies together makes taking care of your insurance easier and could help you save, too. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save over $775 on average. That's a whole lot of savings and protection for your favorite podcast listening activities, like going on a road trip, cooking dinner, and even hitting the home gym. Yep, your home and your car are even easier to protect when you bundle your insurance together. Find your perfect combo. Get a home and car insurance quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $779 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Not available in all states. The crime scene was brutal and very clear that the point of entry was through her bedroom window. There was a shoe print on one of her pillows, and the same shoe print leads to her closet, where there are several of the same coat hangers that were around her neck, So it's believed that the man snuck in and waited for her in the closet like a scary-ass movie. 
waited for her to open the closet in preparation to hang her dress up because she was still wearing her dress from the night before. And that's when he attacked her. Oh, whoa. That is a nightmare. It's a nightmare. I have a closet in my office that I never open. And if I see that it's slightly cracked for whatever reason, I have to open it all the way just to make sure. I cannot imagine if there was a man standing in there at one of the times I opened it. No, you have to send Onyx in first. Canine sure. unit first. Yeah, canine Maybe. unit you first send, and send in the canine unit. Oh, that's true. But like, I, I that's it's nightmares. That is literally every true, uh, every horror movie. Yeah, totally caught off guard. And they show a picture of this coat hanger and it was pulled into such a small loop around her neck. Ugh. Is it wire? Yes. Yeah, I guess so. Yes, the to. 80s. Oh, God. They also find a lot of claw marks on her neck, which indicates a clear struggle of her trying to get it oh, off. God. And gory warning. Goring. Oh, Goring. Oh, Gorning. Gorning. Oh, God. They find a laceration in her vagina from a foreign object, but they don't state what the object is. Thank God. Oh, God. Uh-huh. So the night before her murder, Jeff was at his grandparents' house eating dinner. Tim always had football practice on Thursday nights. And his coach, Coach Joe, always picked him up and dropped him off for practice because Linda didn't have a car. So he got home around 8.30. What? That's just so nice. I know. Yes. It takes a village. I'm telling you. It takes a village to raise a kid for sure. That was, that's just like such a nice small town. I don't, I don't know yeah. how big Lakeland is, but such I don't a, I think yeah. it's that small, but it's just nice. So he got home around 830 and Linda took him to the neighbor's apartment to play cards and hang out. This is a weird sidebar, but Tim recalls at the neighbor's house, there was a palm reader there who told Linda that her lifeline was very short and she thought it was hilarious. Is that weird? Oh, like. Once upon a time, this happened. The palm reader lived next door. No, the palm reader was. Yeah, there just happened to be a palm reader at the neighbor's little get together. They uh, were playing cards and games, and there's a palm reader there. And he remembers the palm reader looking at Linda's oh hand God. and saying, "Your lifeline is very short." And she was like, oh, "Okay." She was murdered oh that gosh. night. She was. Mur- oh, oh, that, that night, night she was killed. Yeah. <gasps> Whoa. Uh huh. Is that crazy? That is crazy. Oh my gosh, she I, that good for her for taking that lightly. I would that would I would be like, I don't want to know that. I would throw me. Oh God, I would I don't want to hear that. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If someone was like, ooh, you're gonna die young, I'd be like, that nope, we're done. Huh. Yeah. Scary. Sad. Yeah, nowadays. I bet in the 80s they're like, oh, hoaxy. <laughs> I mean, it is hoaxy. It I is don't know, hoaxy. But it would just it would the thought of it, I would be scared. Don't tell me that. You know? Yeah. The grandparents dropped Jeff off around 9.30, and he walked over to the neighbors to tell his mom he was home, but went back to their apartment and watched TV and waited for Linda and Tim. They get in around 11 p.m., and Tim went to bed immediately, but Linda stayed up until about midnight before going to bed. Jeff was also up since he slept in the living room, and she told him she loved him and that she would see him in the morning, and that was the last they spoke. Edgar Pickett is a former sergeant and is now 94 years old. Then he was 53 was a fingerprint specialist and he dusted most of the room floors walls everywhere and he picked up a palm print from the window seal obviously this is a very crucial clue given that this was the entry point of the killer and the autopsy confirmed that what Pickett already assumed Linda had been raped before murdered 
And immediately after the murder, Jeff and Tom moved in with their grandparents. And for the first few days, the entire family slept in the same room, except their grandfather. He was standing guard all night with a shotgun. No. Yeah, they're just spooked. Well, obviously. I mean, obviously, but... But they thought getting the boys back to a routine would get them back to some sense of normalcy. So a few weeks after the funeral, they're back at school. Jeff said his friends really helped him get through it, and Tim turned to his football teams and Coach Joe, who he really looked up to, and they were all very supportive. So they were getting through it. Suspects. They interviewed everyone at the neighbor's party. They even took the guest book from the funeral and took down everyone's license plates of everyone who attended the funeral and got several people to submit blood and fingerprints. Well, yeah, because usually the murderer goes to the funeral. Uh Uh-huh. That's right. Mm -hmm. But the main suspects were, obviously, first and foremost, Frank Frank Slayton, the abusive ex, but authorities confirmed that he was in Decatur, Alabama at the time of her murder. And Decatur is very North Alabama, and Lakeland is in the middle of Florida. It's an 11-hour drive. It's not like he could have crossed the border easily and done it in the middle of the night. What was he doing there? He lives there. That's where him and Linda met and married. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The second husband that I'll get to in a second, when I said that he, after they got divorced and she moved to Lakeland, she moved from Decatur. Oh, okay. On top of that, this is depressing too. The only motive he would have had is to not pay child support, which he already wasn't doing. But if she died, he would have to take full custody of the kids. And he very openly didn't want that, nor did his new wife which is tragic in and of itself. I'm like, those poor kids. Yeah. And then on top of all this, he provided fingerprints and blood samples. They weren't a match. Yeah. Donnie Tucker is Linda's second ex-husband. They were married for less than two years and divorced in 1981, the same year she was murdered. Tim said Donnie and Linda got in a fight about six months before the murder, and Donnie threatened to kill Linda. And Judy, Linda's sister, said that he would write letters to Linda confessing his love for her and then another one expressing hatred for her. So he's like kind of all over the place. Yeah, I don't like that. Mm -mm. But Donnie did help Linda and her boys move from Decatur to Lakeland, as I said, and into her mom's house while she looked for a place. And as far as Judy and their mom knew, he didn't know that she ever found an apartment, He, let alone where it was. Like he would have known where to find her. On top Mm. of all that, detectives got blood and fingerprints. No match. Okay. Bobby. No last name. Oh, just Bobby? Just Bobby. Linda's very recent boyfriend she broke up with days before the murder. Cops really honed in on him after he didn't show up for his polygraph. <laughs> I'm like, you can't just not show up, people. Where you, are you? You agree to it and then you don't show? Come yeah, on. so inconsiderate. Tim and Jeff said they liked Bobby and he was good to their mom, but according to Judy, he was a little possessive and jealous. He also refused to talk about this was another red flag for them, not me. He also refused to talk about the murder with friends or colleagues. Colleagues does Uh, not surprise me. I wouldn't, what if he doesn't want colleagues all up in his business? Well, and it's his ex-girlfriend of like a few days ago right and she was murdered some people don't want to talk about it that's right. not weird that's not weird friends maybe like your closest friend he's not talking sure. about it fine co-workers i'm like i mean look i've been told i'm very unapproachable at work so i'm probably not the right person <laughs> to speak on this but maybe bobby needs to take a page from my book be standoffish and no one will ask you shit 
I'm very approachable, and I still think my coworkers would understand no, if to ask. someone close to me was murdered and they asked me about it, and I said, I don't really want to talk about it. I think they would understand. <laughs> that would upset. Not these. This is considered a red flag. <laughs> it's like, come on, leave Bobby alone, maybe. He also didn't have an alibi the night of the murder. His mom said he was home all night, but he could have easily left when she went to bed. It's not that hard. Yeah. He also didn't attend Linda's funeral, which is, okay. though the murderer usually does. It's also very weird when your boyfriend, a, a very recent boyfriend, doesn't. Yeah. So that's way more of a red flag than not pouring your heart out to coworkers. <laughs> yeah, for real, I guess. Jeff also recalled a time he showed the boys how to choke someone if, in case they ever got in a fight. Whoa. Yeah. Straight to choking? <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I wonder if that was the first move. Yeah, or they're like, what about like a right hook? I thought <laughs> yeah. that's what we're supposed to do, not kill someone. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. So they were suspicious, but cops interviewed him several times and his story didn't change. They didn't work out because she wanted marriage and he didn't. And he wasn't known to have a temper at all. He didn't even drink. He, I, he didn't even drink. Just because he didn't drink doesn't mean anything. I know. <laughs> Okay, well, you said it. I'm just no, putting I'm it just, out. I'm just giving you what the articles say. These are okay. why cops uh, are dismissing him. They're yeah, are kind of, yeah. He doesn't rule him out. He doesn't booze, man. And according to DNA ID, police felt he had no reason to climb in the window when he had a key. But to me, I'm like, so the kids wouldn't see him. So Jeff wouldn't see him. He's sleeping in the living room. To throw anyway. out the scent, a number I, of reasons. I know, I, I know. I, I'm, I disagree with a lot of these. But either way, they ruled him out. And I also read an article that they ruled him, ruled him out because he made such, quote, high marks at work. Like he was a good employee. I'm like, again, who cares? OJ took his professional career very seriously. And, and he, he still took managed to kill people. Yeah. And he was successful, by the way. <laughs> and he found still, a reason. That's, uh, that w there's a slew of crazy people who were great at work. Yeah. Who found a that's reason to kill people. The Long Island massacre, or oh. the Long Island serial killer is a architect. Architect. Love that it. is infirm. Yeah. Good God. Y'all. I'm like, wow. Love. Wow. The 80s, no wonder there's so many serial killers in the 80s. I mean, really? Like, be successful. He's good at his job. And, yeah. We can't do that. Or it's like that rapist who had like a swimming scholarship or something. Oh, God. Brock effing Turner. Yeah, like who's he has a swimming scholarship. He couldn't have raped her. He's really good swimmer. What? He's rich and he goes to a good school on a swimming scholarship. He there's no way he raped someone. Right. He's sure suffered from affluenza. Is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I wish I could take credit for that. But I, I can't. know. <laughs> obviously, I could tell you didn't make that up. <laughs> They look into a few other men. There was a maintenance man over at Linda's that very day who, who even asked her out, and she said no. They looked at an old coworker she recently hung out with. They all had alibis. Nothing, nothing more to see here. Then they look at her 15-year-old son, Jeff. Cops just couldn't get over the fact that he was in the living room, which shared a wall with Linda's bedroom, and he missed everything. Yeah. The night of the murder, the reason Jeff went to his grandparents was because him and Linda got in a huge fight and he wanted to be away from her. 
but he ma maintains that they made up before he went to bed. And like, he's a 15 year old. Of course they fight with their parents. 15 year olds are brats. Sure. But how often do they murder them as a result? Like, especially single moms. I feel like particular boys of single moms really admire, respect, love their mom. Well, and she was raped. And that's Surely. not raped in a very gruesome way. Like, a normal kid wouldn't snap and do that. Like he would be yeah. killing cats long before this if he were going to yeah. do something like that. Like something would be off with him from the beginning. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, and on top of everything, it's he's interviewed 41 years later. And the fact that he didn't wake up haunts him. He is completely with the police on this. He does not know why he didn't wake up. He's mad at him, more mad at himself than anyone else could be. He's sobbing. Like, I'm just like, you didn't do it. He's very upset that he didn't wake up. It's like divine intervention. He didn't wake up. That's true. That's a good point, Rach. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Whether you're driving, cooking, or doing laundry, Progressive knows the podcasts you listen to go best when they're bundled with another activity. Much like how their Progressive home and auto policies go best when they're bundled. Having these two policies together makes taking care of your insurance easier and could help you save too. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save over $775 on average. That's a whole lot of savings and protection for your favorite podcast listening activities, like going on a road trip, cooking dinner, and even hitting the home gym. Yep, your home and your car are even easier to protect when you bundle your insurance together. Find your perfect combo. Get a home and car insurance quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $779 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Not available in all states. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash westwood1. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash westwood1 now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash westwood1. Uh, in addition to that, they point out that he's big enough to put a coat hanger around her neck. She's 100 pounds, not even 100 pounds. She's tiny. And he could easily overpower her. Like, a lot of people could. She's, as you said, yeah. tiny. That's I just, I'm thinking, no, but thanks. But thanks so much. And Linda's parents agreed and put a stop to their accusations and told cops to stop wasting time on a child and figure out who killed their daughter. On top of that... Jeff gave his all the tests. He took a polygraph. He passed, moved on. He's cleared. The case eventually goes cold. They have no new leads at all. Tim and Jeff went on to start their own families and still feared, even as adults, who they referred to as the monster still being out there. 
In 2001, around Linda's 20-year anniversary, Jeff and Tim met with Lakeland Detective Brad Grice, who's giving a fresh look at the case, and he made a promise to them that he would not retire until he solved their mom's murder. Oh, wow. He resubmitted the rape kit's DNA to the major crime lab in Florida's Department of Law Enforcement, FDLE, and they developed a full DNA profile on Linda's killer. With how far DNA testing had become at that point, Grice took dozens of samples from prior persons of interest, including Tim, Jeff, the neighbors, Frank, Linda's ex, who had stopped drinking by this point and gotten his life together. They all resubmitted them, compared them, none match. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say his match. Oh, no. That'd be a Oh, my God. I'm so nervous. Then September 2001, when the world went to shit, Mm -hmm. Grice got a tip that almost a year after Linda's murder, a man named Jimmy Ulmer pulled a 10-year-old through her window, sexually assaulted her, and nearly killed her. He was convicted and sentenced to 80 years, and the MO seemed very similar to Linda's case, so he looked more into the guy, and at the time of Linda's murder, Jimmy Ulmer happened to be staying with a friend in the same apartment complex as Linda. Shut up. A real holy shit moment, right? Right. Ulmer died in prison in 1996, so they got a DNA sample from his mother. No match. Oh, wow. That was just mere Pure coincidence. coincidence. Yep. Oh, wow. Two monsters there in Lakeland, Florida. My God. Probably a Within, lot more. Yeah. Within feet of each other, wherever I mean, he was staying in the unbelievable. Yeah, that's crazy. By 2005, Grice was heading up a new cold case unit, and the FBI was constantly running DNA profile from Linda's killer to see if they got a hit from anyone new in the system, but there was nothing. And years kept going by. In 2015, Grice felt like they were chasing a ghost, that he, was, he thought surely the killer's dead, and due to medical reasons, he had to retire, feeling like Aww. he failed Jeff and Tom because he had to break his promise. Oh, God. At this point, Jeff and Tom came to terms with the fact that they would probably never know who killed their mom. But three years later, genealogy testing broke ground in solving crimes, and renowned expert in investigative genetic gene- genealogy, C.C. Moore, took on Linda's case. Hell yeah. Get it, C.C.? C.C. is a firm believer that if you have someone's DNA, there is absolutely no reason you can't find who it belongs to. Yeah, okay, let's get in there. Let's Let's get get in in there. there. She's on a mission. Girls, women get shit done. I was about to say, bitches get shit done. My God. It was in the early episodes. We really, every single case was solved by a woman. And it didn't occur to me until now. I'm like, holy shit. I just realized that too. I forgot. Yeah, and there's like a, a series of our first 10 episodes or something. Every single case was solved by a woman detective. And we're like, listen. You want something done. This is how it works. She took the DNA profile from the rape kit and up- uploaded it to a public genealogy website called GEDmatch. Uh-huh. She- uh-huh. You familiar? Duh. She then meticulously constructed branch by branch his family tree by matching anyone's DNA in the website, then finding their relatives through social media, marriage licenses, birth certificates, obituaries, etc. Fun. So good. Fun. Oh my Can you God. Imagine. I bet no one talks to me for four days. This yeah. is all I'm going to do. Amazing. She got three full branches of people she was confident either were related to the killer or were the killer. And oddly enough, one of those branches had one son 
he just so happened to live in Lakeland, Florida in 1981. Shit. This was Linda's killer. Oh, my God. See, it just takes a little hard work and dedication. Come on. Don't cut corners. A lot of hard work. Good for you, Cece. You did it. Linda's killer is Joseph Clinton Mills or Coach Joe. <gasps> Tim's football coach. No. The one that you harped on, I was like, thank you, Rage. You harped on how nice it was that he picked him up and dropped him off from football practice, takes a village. It was nice. Uh, sure, it was nice. Oh. Can you no. believe that? Mm -hmm. What's his problem? And, well, we'll get there. Oh, my God, poor Tim was like, you son of a bitch. Oh, yeah, don't worry, we get into all that. And C.C. Moore looks him up. He is still alive. Phew. Oh, yeah. Justice can still be served. Cece said the moment she put it together, she went running down to the sergeant's office yelling his name and that she had him. <gasps> oh, that, my God. I can't imagine that moment. Like, the satisfaction of completing a puzzle like this has got to be the biggest natural high for someone. So they oh. never asked him for DNA and blood and all that? Nope, and we will get there. Thank you okay. so much for asking. Because I just imagine if they had DNA, even when they couldn't do as much as they could in 2001 with it or 2005 mm -hmm. at this point with it, it would still be like literally any guy in her life that lived in Lakeland that even met her once. We want you to. Yeah, please. Like that could have been. And... Oh, I thought it was like going to be totally random and like that makes it real hard, but interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Asshole. Son of a bitch. Lakeland investigators interviewed him in 1981, but it was a phone interview. He was a 20-year-old assistant coach who Tim really looked up to. He was never considered as a suspect, never had to do a face-to-face -face with cops. Even when he confirmed that he dropped him off that night and a few hours later, Linda was dead. You would think anyone, to what we just said, anyone who was anywhere near her or her family would be brought, at least brought in for questioning. Oh, my was not God. not on the radar at all. So crazy. And in 1984, three years after the murder, Joe was convicted of grand theft auto and arrested by Lakeland police where they took his fingerprints and palm prints. So really, genealogy testing wasn't even necessary. Needed. Yeah. They, they had it, um, they had it on file this whole time, but they didn't realize it until nearly 40 years later. Oy day. Oh, I'm so annoyed he got away for that long. I know. But they, they did still need fresh DNA sample from him to test against what they had on file to really confirm with 100% certainty it was him. I guess prints alone are no longer valid, or it could be argued pretty easily in a trial, so it's best just to have some spit or hair to behind the science, you know. Sure. So they put him under surveillance, and after weeks of hoping he throws up, throws up, sorry, that would, that would help, that would help. Vomits on the sidewalk, <laughs> scoop, scoop. After weeks of hoping he throws away a cup or a tissue, they get impatient and they just take his entire trash can. Yeah. Like, yes. All right, we're over this. Something's in here for sure. They searched and found a piece of used medical adhesive tape and sent it off to FDLE Crown Lab. While they waited for results, they looked at his life and he lives in the same house. He's married to the same woman, had kids, grandkids, owned his own, owns his own business, like what happened, Joe? What happened to you? He was obsessed with her. No, they think that he just took advantage of a vulnerable single 
woman he could easily overpower. I mean, gosh, I don't know. That's there's no real motive other than that. It's okay. Sexually motivated. Eleven days later, results come back and it was one hundred percent match. Then they got to tell Tim and Jeff their monster had been found. The betrayal. I know. I don't like it. They're in dark this whole time because this whole time because detectives didn't want to tell them shit until it was one hundred percent certain. But they were sure. needless to say shocked. Tim's nineteen eighty one team photo hung on his wall for years. He said seeing it every day made him feel proud and comforted, even more so because the man he admired and looked up to so much was standing right behind him. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, my God. Therapy every day. Oh, God. Uh, Yeah, therapy every day. Every day. No shit. He had a picture of his mother's murderer hanging on his wall for years. I mean, it's just such a, he said, the feeling makes him sick. Yeah, I bet. And looking back, even after the murder, Coach Joe would take him to and from football practice, dropping him off at his grandparents' house. And Tim recalls him asking how the case was going, asking for updates, developments, which in itself, asking a 12-year-old of any new leads and his mother's killer is such a red flag. But obviously, Tim's a kid. He didn't think anything of it. Now, had he walked in and said, Grandma, Grandpa, Coach Joe asked me this, I bet they would be like, what? What's that now? Very inquisitive. Mm Mm-hmm. December 12th, 2019, detectives move in and arrest Joe Mills, and he does not protest at all. He does say he doesn't remember ever being in that apartment at all. But once they present all the overwhelming evidence that he was in there, not only was he in there, but his sperm was found inside of her. He says, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She invited me in to come have consensual sex. Mm-hmm. And I snuck through her window and the hanger was already around her neck as some sort of sex game. Mm-hmm. Then she asked me to tighten it. And mm-hmm. it was this whole submission dominant thing. And the next thing I knew, she was dead. Just a classic. Oh, yeah. Classic. That, that is always the answer. And if it was just that innocent and oops, it was a sex gone wrong. Why didn't you say that 40 years ago? Mm. Right. But also the claw. Why are you asking the kid about the, the case? Right. But even without that, you could be scared. You could explain that away. The claw marks all around her neck. Right. To release pressure from the hanger. Tell a very different story. And that day he dropped him off. Tim said that his mom came out to the car and met Coach Joe for the first time, thanking him for driving her son. They were new to this neighborhood and school. She didn't know him. She's certainly not inviting him in on a school night for some BDSM. Come on. We're not doing it. Let's get real. With her kids literally right there. Come on. Let's, yeah. Get out of here. Cute story. And fuck you for defaming the victim. Right. Screw you. Bye. Bye. At the end of the day, detectives think that after he dropped Tim off, he came back that night and snuck in the window while Tim and Linda were at the neighbor's and Jeff was at his grandparents. Grice, Brad Grice, blames himself for not seeing that and the 17 years he worked on the case, but Jeff and Tim do not, he's the one who retired. Yeah. Jeff and Tim do not blame him at all. They don't see it that way. They're so grateful for the work he did, so much so that Jeff named his son after him. <gasps> Brad oh, Slayton. That's nice. That's very nice. They also, mm, this is going to piss you off, piss a lot of people off, but they also got a chance to meet Sergeant Edgar Pickett, the one who lifted the crucial palm print off the window seal, and they thanked him for his diligent work. And Edgar, who again is 94 now, 
was not aware that they caught the guy 38 years later. He didn't know that they interviewed Joe Mills only a day after the murder and never got his palm print, which really pisses him off because back then, the higher-ups had Pickett test several black men's palm who had <gasps> no relation to Linda whatsoever. And here, this white football coach is driving her son to and from practice, and he was never suspicious, suspicious enough to even get a routine print. Oh, he's, no. I know. It was worth noting because he's so open about how bad that pisses him off. Thought it was worth oh, mentioning. God. Mm-hmm. Mm, all right. And even he actually even notes he's black and he notes that um, when he was lifting the palm print and doing all the prints around the crime scene, one of the cops said, a black man has no business looking at a naked white woman like this. He was like, um, I'm doing my fucking job. Oh, my God. <sighs> I know. It's like the 80s. I'm like, God, I'm so glad I don't remember the 80s. I know, but I feel like it's naive to think that that's not, that it's all done now. It's all fixed now. No one thinks that now. I know, know, but it's not as, to say that, I'm like, what? He's the technician. Shut up. God, what a piece of shit. Yeah. 38 years later, Joe Mills pleads guilty to all charges, first degree murder, burglary, assault, uh, sexual battery. Tim and Jeff got to address him in court. Jeff telling him, I hate you. You can't die and burn in hell fast enough for me. This would be my sentiment. I'm not all about the forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, fuck yeah. 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 Joe Mills sat silent and didn't look at them. The only thing he said when addressing the court was some spiel about, I'm a good person. I'm not who they've painted me out to be. No, um, sorry, DNA. Mm, do, do, do. Right, DNA. No, and you are. Look at you. You just made the only time you can address the victim's family about you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Another You're a piece s- of shit. Yeah. And during the victim impact statement, look at me. I w- look. I want to see your eyeballs mm-hmm. on me. Don't mm-hmm. look ahead, you piece of shit. Right. Ooh. What did Tim say? Uh, I don't know. It didn't say. He didn't say in the interview. Oh my god. I bet it was heartbreaking or he was like fuck that i'm not saying anything no i think he did say something the articles didn't go into detail and his interview didn't go into detail so i don't know oh, okay he was sentenced joe mills was sentenced to life without parole and while their aunt that he's finally got caught they were and they have closure they were not satisfied with the sentence they really wanted this whole thing to go to trial which i'm like that's so uh, rare for the family but no they want to well, yeah oh wow well he pleaded guilty so what can you do but at least his life is ruined from this point forward. What, he's 60 at this point-ish, almost? 59? Mm-hmm. 58. He was 20 and 81, mm-hmm. and it's 2019. Mm-hmm. My brain doesn't work anymore. Yeah, 58. Thank you so much. Um, what a piece of shit. Great. Wait, what were you going to say? What about 58? I said, so he's 58 at this point, so he's... Young and I hate that he got away with it for 40 years. He should have been put in prison when he was 20. That's a real life sentence. But 58's young enough. He, he could get a good 30 years in there. Yeah, he's still alive, so. Oh, okay, good. I mean, that mm. wasn't that long ago, but sure. <laughs> I, would, I would expect him to be alive today. But Oh, my God. Yeah, 2019 <laughs> was like yesterday. Well, that's my tragic and horrifying story of Linda Slayton. Oh, my God. I've never heard that. Isn't that crazy? Coach, Coach Joe. Coach Joe. I really... 
held you to high regard in the beginning of the story. Oh my Thanks. God. When you I thought you knew. I was like, are you just contributing? So it's more of a shock. No, y'all, uh, we don't do that, by the way. Are you <laughs> Obviously, kidding? But that's why I was like, huh. And my head is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very nice of him. Isn't it? Isn't, Isn't it? it? An outstanding member of the community, right? Wrong. Thanks, y'all. Y'all are the best. People are the worst. Bye. Bye.